When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome into the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast. Louis here. Uh, Bears is in Abu Dhabi at the IPL, making about 100 million rupees. He'll never hear this, so... That's not, oh, I shouldn't say that because he actually might, now he's over there, he might be listening to the podcast. Hi, Bears, if you're listening, you're not making 100 million rupees. You're just making a good fear wicket for doing hard work. Meanwhile, Izzy and me, speaking of hard work, are doing it. Doing it back in New Zealand. Izzy's on one leg after falling off his pit bike. Gee, it's been a funny old week, hasn't it? This morning, we were on fire. We were talking all sorts of sports, including... Rugby 12s? Is that even a thing? Not yet. Not unless Steve Chu, Steve Hansen and Ian Ritchie get their hands onto it because they are trying to make it a sport. We're also talking golf with Dean Murphy, the CEO of New Zealand Golf. Of course, after 7 o'clock, well, we had a great interview with Daniel Halangahu, the coach of the North Harbour rugby side. They've got some uncertain times ahead with lockdowns and what they're going to do, whether they're going to be able to get out of Auckland to resume in the Bunnings MPC. And Corey Jane, the old bomb squad member of Israel Dag, he joined the show and gave some great insight into Geordie Barra getting off the hook for that red card in the weekend, which, well, now, as far as the judiciary is concerned, shouldn't have been a red card. Simple as that. Thanks for listening to the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow from 6. Yeah, you certainly are. No bears, though. He's over in Abu Dhabi or wherever the IPL is. I'm pretty sure it's Abu Dhabi, about to coach the Kolkata Knight Riders as they start their campaign back. Izzy's down in Christchurch on the phone. I still got you there, my one-legged bandit. <laughs> you got me, mate. You got me down here holding my phone up, as you can see on the camera. Got my phone here. I'm running a wee radio show off the phone. So how good is technology these days? Oh, it's so good. The things we can do. On our phone, but yes, our mate Bears is in the UAE, and he is settled in nicely. Mister, Mister, he's all good, Louis. Oh, that's good to hear. I was um, I wasn't worried about him. Bears is the most self-sufficient person I've actually probably ever met. Oh, I hundred one five zero eight eleven is the Kenard Tire phone line. Can you give us a call? Get in touch with us. H- how are you feeling? Level two freedom. Surely you want to come in, come into the show and tell us, brag to to Joe, Karen, Trudy, and me who are stuck in Auckland. What sort of pie are you going to get? Where are you playing your golf? Come on, tell us what you're doing and why you're doing it. In the meantime, is he? Our colleague, Andrew Voss, well, he was listening to our show when Tony Kemp teed off on the Warriors and on Matt Lodge. And yeah. in turn, well, Vossi, he went full flight. Here's 30 seconds of what Vossi had to say. So we take this heartfelt apology on, uh, on Sunday night after he disgraced himself and the club on Sunday against the Titans, embarrassing. 
Uh, and then the next day he wants to fight Jared Wallace. Um, it's just extraordinary. And I, I say again, so the league's issued the fine, the $5,000 for flipping off the crowd. The Warriors have to do something. They have to take some action. They can't just sit back and have words against this guy who is the newest kid on the block. And, look, a big part of what Vossi had to say was <laughs> Matt Lodge is the son-in-law of the recruitment manager whose son mm. himself is playing halfback. It was Kempe that pointed out the nepotism to us. Izzy, it's a big word, but um, look, I don't know. Have, have you had any more thoughts about this? It's a messy situation for Cameron George and the Warriors to find themselves in. Yes, it's not ideal. I was listening to Cameron George yesterday on, on Steffi's show and, and, yeah, just talking about how they've had having a relocation. Didn't really hear much um, conversations about what went on. I think he's already spoke about it and everyone else is speaking about it for him. Uh, look, it's... It's not ideal, and um, look, I don't know Matt Lodge. Don't know him by bar, so you know, so I don't know what he's about. But from what else I look in, and I feel like there's there's some underlying problems there, um, anger management problems. Maybe just yeah, just gets angered, gets angry, gets fired up. Um, look, we all do when we're on the sports field, but it sounds like he's gone off it and and taking what's happened. Well, he definitely has. He's gone off and and pulled the bird to Titans fans, and then tried to fight Jared Wallace. Uh, Look, it's, it's not ideal, and I've, I've spoken about it. It's not a great look for a club that's already had its questions about it, you know? Like, uh, people already questioning how they play. Are they committed? Do they want to be there? What are they about? What's their identity? And then just uh, the actions of about four players um, just derails that and, and just cements what people are actually thinking. Look, um, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work to do. The first job is to get them home, get them home, get their families home, get them back settled in, get them into the Mount Start facility, Mount Smart facilities, sit down in a room and just be honest, be open, just have a conversation, be open men, just sit down and everyone, even the backroom staff, everyone, get in there, let it all out. How are you feeling? What what you want? What do you want from this club? What do you see happening to this club in the future? What do you want to? What what's your what's your reason for being here? Get in there. Be honest. Be men. Be 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 an adult and have open conversations. Because I feel like they need to. They need to get in their room and just have a real good open conversation. And I think it'll do wonders for them. Because um, at the moment, I don't think anyone's standing up and and making those calls or, or holding anyone accountable. Um, Look, I don't know. I've never been in there. I don't know anything about the Warriors' environment and culture, what goes on. But from the outside looking in, I can I can see little cracks. And uh, maybe an open conversation will be the way to go. Unsure, Louis. Yeah, no, fair enough. Is uh, Everybody in life has had to swallow their pride at some stage, right? You know, we've had to do it lots. I mean, I certainly have. I'm sure you have. Right. I've sat down in a room and got absolutely sprayed in front of my peers. And what it, like no one's bigger than the scene, you know? I spoke about it. Like the coach got up and sprayed one of our senior players. Doesn't matter who you are, no one is bigger than that jersey. And yeah, I just I feel like when you get held accountable in front of your mates, it's hard. You don't want to hear it. You don't want it to to you don't you you don't want it to happen. You don't you can't believe it's happening in front of your mates because you feel like you're this little. But yeah, that's the only way you're going to learn, mate. So I think they need to do that. Yeah, and and, and I think and. <laughs> Like this is a pretty big call, for, but Vo- when you get guys like Vossi and Australian media that are really latched mm. onto an issue, it's kind of like the writing's on the wall here. Is Matt Lodge worth the bad publicity that he's going to give you and run meters each week? 
Is he worth the negative energy that's going to surround the club and the media, the outside external noise? I know you shouldn't always listen to it, but is that yes. distraction worth what he's given you on the field or is cutting ties with him and trying to just go, hey, we made a mistake, we probably shouldn't have signed this guy, is that going to be the more painless option? So I don't think it's gutless. I think that's probably the smart option. It's a really tough question, but when you get guys of Vossi's stature in the other NRL media saying, hey, look, this is weird, this is very, very strange, you've got to look internally. I, I don't envy the position Cam George finds himself in. I really don't, is he? Nah, no, I don't too, mate. So look, like I said, just... I don't know. Sit down. Like on the outside, they might be good blokes. I don't know Matt Lodge, you know. And I, I, I reckon people deserve chances. How many chances? I'm unsure. So look, it's a tough situation the Warriors are in at the moment, and hopefully they can get them out of it because they are a great team to to watch and support when they're going good. That's right. So when they got their tails up, like I reckon about three or four separate times throughout the season, you go, how good's the Warriors? Ah, we love it. You know, the Warriors are on a Friday night. There's nothing I'd rather do than watch the Warriors, but it can just go bad so, so fast. How good, right? It's 6.30 in the morning. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's time for the news with Trudy and Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. We've got Dan Halangahu on the phone. So I'll be remiss of me not to go to him straight away. Dan, good morning. How are you? Yeah, really well, Izzy. Great to, great to hear your voice, mate. You too, you too, mate. I'm working on my phone here, so hopefully it's all right. We've got three. We got, we got, I'm on the phone in the hotel. My, my studio's gone down, but it'll be all good, mate. How are you going? How's lockdown been for you? Yeah, not too bad. I hear you talking of level two there, a little bit jealous. Um, <laughs> and, and talking of golf, I'm sure you were the one of the people who had plenty of time for golf. Mate. You're, you're driving up those golf numbers, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 be, I'll be honest. I was playing quite a lot, but I've broken my leg, mate. I broke my leg on Friday, so I've got to get surgery on Friday. Um, uh, this Friday, Jesus, I broke my leg last How did you do that? Friday. Oh, mate, I was... Um, I was riding along on the pit bike. It's a little motocross bike, and I hit my neighbour and I flipped it and fell off. So, so, so I was just being a little hooligan, mate. So I broke my leg. So it'd be no goal for me, but um, that's okay. It's all good. How, how's how you been anyway? How's level level four and how's lockdown with you and coaching wise? Like it's been a bit of a logistical nightmare. How are you keeping those connections alive with with the lads, especially North Harbour boys? Oh, I think that. Um... Yeah, we're pretty fortunate here in Harbour. It's um, in that we've got a good group of guys. Uh, as you know, these, this generation of guys, they're really mm. they're all tech savvy. So yeah. um, the biggest challenge is, is keeping them interested online. There's yeah. so many other things to keep them interested. So they get on a Zoom with us and it can be the most boring part of their day. So look, we're just <laughs> trying to be a little bit of innovation and... Um, you know, just and mainly actually getting the players to drive a lot of the things. You know, we've got some really good leaders in the group. So in small groups, you know, player welfare is at front of mind, obviously. And um, and so getting them to check in on each other in, in little groups, and then mm. and then we get together as a big group, and and those zooms are pretty short and sharp. And a few guys report back, and um, yeah, that's been the main thing. But second to that is it's been getting ready for rugby. You know, we're all excited to hear this. The rugby is going to happen. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for us, we'll be watching the first few rounds, but well, that's that's life at the moment, I guess. And and so we've just been focusing on making sure the bodies are as as good as they can be when we do finally get to come back together as a group. 
How, yeah, that's the question because you know, like rugby, you can't just go straight back into it full contact. So, how are the lads keeping their contact drills up, training wise? What are they doing behind the closed doors to actually make sure they come back in good nick and they can actually rip straight back into it? Yeah, as you'd imagine, we've got a pretty varied experience for the guys. Some of them have a few people in their bubble, little brothers, or, or some yeah. of the players actually live together, so they. Yeah. Can, they can yeah. knock around whoever they live with, but um, yeah. for others, it's you know it's a matter of a lot of a lot of work on the ground. A lot of you know they must look like idiots at the park, jumping on the ground and, mm. and intentionally falling over, and just getting used to you know as, as you know you know, falling over and hitting your hitting your body on the ground. So um, look, it's definitely no perfect science that we're working with, but uh, you know the trainers are happy because they run and they, they get to do plenty of running and they're fit. Yeah. But yeah, we're very <laughs> But my big Zafiaki, he's he's filthy because there's no scrum machines allowed. There's no scrumming, so <laughs> I think when we do get back together, there'll be only unit time. The forwards will they won't want to see the backs or a rugby ball or anything. That's fair enough, Dan. Hey, it's Louis here, man. Hey, um, look, the information at this with when the situations like this unfold, it's crucial, right? So you'll be hearing from New Zealand rugby, then then passing that on to your team and and especially the players. So how do you process that, and how much do you actually give them? Because I assume it's an ever moving uh, beast at times like these. Well, you're very insightful, Louis. Uh, that's exactly right. We get, you know, this week alone, we've had five different versions of a possible schedule from New Zealand rugby and. Uh, look, we've had a we've worked with particularly at the Blues, we've worked with a few psychologists around you know this period of time in COVID. Anxiety is the, one of the biggest issues. So um, having a lot of what ifs and, and throwing a, you know a bunch of different scenarios at players and at staff and management is not necessarily very helpful. Uh, so what we deal with is, is the things that we can be pretty sure of. Uh, so we deliver to to everyone. You know, something like the fact that we know we're going to get rugby. We, we, you know, we're fairly certain we will get rugby at some stage. So being prepared as we can be for that is front of mind. Um, second to that, we're just given the, the big picture stuff that, again, we can be pretty certain will come through. So um, we know that we're going to be in lockdown for a little bit longer than the rest of the country uh, and that we're going to have to make up those games in some way. So... Uh, we don't get in too much into the detail with the group, but at the same time, if you leave them in the dark and don't give them things and they find that out through uh, the room mill or mm. or even tuning into your radio program, if they're finding things <laughs> out through there, then um, then we get we could cop a bit of flack as well. So it's a fine balance, uh, you know, managing you know how much information you give. But um, yeah, that's our guiding principles is to alleviate as much anxiety as possible. Hey mate, one of the waters, one of the waters that have come out has said relocation of the Auckland sides out of the Auckland region. Have you spoke to the players about that, and, and what are the conversations and, and logistics wise? What, how's that? How can that happen? Well, the first thing we're going to need is you to get on the phone with the prime minister and get her to agree. So <laughs> yeah, is he? I know you're very... Well, she doesn't really like our show, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Louis then. Louis can get on the phone and ring the government. Um, yeah, look, that's one thing that's been speculated upon, but there's, there's obviously some massive challenges around actually getting that across the line. Uh, yeah. The government, I don't think they see it as a priority of where North Harbour are during Level yeah. 4, whether they're, whether they're in Auckland or outside. So whilst um, some people think it might happen, we probably think it's pretty unlikely. Uh, we had challenges even at the Blues of 
trying to get out of Auckland during level fours. And um, yeah. so we're not overly hopeful that will happen. You know, the second part mm. of it is who will pay for it. Um, yeah. You know, there's not deep, deep pockets at New Zealand, North Harbour Rugby. So New Zealand uh, would probably have to foot the bill for the three teams. And so even if it did get passed by the government, there'd, there'd be more challenges logistically yeah. and, and also who would front up the cash. So haven't focused too much on that. Um, mm. But if it does happen, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be scrambling to try and get bookings and things, I'm sure. Yeah, hey, Daniel, it's a, it's an interesting situation, and we've spoken a lot about on this show the racing industry and, and what lobbying they could do. But ultimately, as Bruce Sharrick and Bernard Saundry said to us, hey, look, unless you've got a direct line to the Prime Minister, we're kind of all just sitting waiting in, in the same camp. So it's kind of a, a relatable theme that we've had running through the show. And when Baz was here, he was really passionate about it as well. Just on what the season then could potentially look like, how do you recalibrate your expectations or what you might want from a season when you don't know even what it looks like and how many games you're going to play? Yeah, look, New Zealand Rugby has been clear that they want something that you know retains some integrity and they want a full competition. So, uh, yeah, I think Super Rugby is going to lose their pre-season. That's one thing and we can probably yeah. end up playing almost into December. So, uh, I think most of the season will be there. It'll just be, you know, I got asked a question yesterday, is it a level playing field? And, you know, it's clearly not. You know, we don't expect it to be. It's an imperfect world that we live in now. It's, uh, you know, it's, you can't make this fair. You know, it's it's we're not we're not even. We're, we're in level four and the rest of the country's not. And yeah. we wouldn't sit there and expect New Zealand rugby to make, you know, make other teams wait or not train or something to, to try and even things up. So... Uh, look, we're just going to have to get on with it and, and play rugby. We're, we're grateful that we get the opportunity to play rugby. You, you think of the young guys who've been chomping at the bit all season, all year, uh, to get their opportunity at NPC. At you know, this is the highlight of their year. And so for those guys who have it firstly taken away, but now they've got that opportunity to get back on the field, that's who we're most excited for. So, uh, you know, expectations here, you know, particularly in our... You know, you've always got your fans and the people in the back room and the board, and, and they've got high expectations. But uh, we'll focus more on, you know, I guess the mindset of the team and then realizing that we just want to get out there, play with some pride, and um, look, there's some good teams across the competition. And, and in this championship, you know, Taranaki and Otago are probably the two teams that have started the best. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll have to see when we get the extra detail and when we get to play rugby to sort of you know, strategize around how we best attack it. And those magpies, bro. Don't forget about the magpies. Anyway, we'll move on to... Um, we're going to talk about Leon McDonald, mate. Obviously, the big news yesterday about him <laughs> signing with the Blues and the NZR. I've been coached by Leon, mate. He's an absolute champion. What do you love about Leon and, and what's he brought to that Blues outfit franchise to get them so much success over the last couple of years? Oh, I think, firstly, is he's just he's hugely competitive. Uh, you know, he's, he's a great rugby mind, as you know. Like yep. you were one of many who were singing his praises when when we first uh, the Blues first managed to get Leon on board. You know, there were mm-hmm. a number of people around the country, and and either you were one of the the strong voices on it. We were you know very vocal about how much of a coup it was for the Blues at that stage, and then and then now to to get him for another two years is just further good news for the club. Yeah. But uh, it's you know to, back to your question, it's. It's his hugely competitive nature. Like he, he looks at the club now and he thinks we're just barely tapping the, you know, 
you know, tapping the surface of touching the surface of what this club's of uh, you know potential has within it. Not only the the playing potential, but mm. the community and the the support that we can start to get behind the club. So he's he thinks he thinks we're miles off where we could be, which is exciting, and he's and he gets everyone excited around him to to keep improving. And so uh, I think the next few years is really important for us as a club because whilst um, you know, we had a little bit of success last season. I think you know mm. there'll be there'll be a lot more expected over the next few years, and, and playing with that expectation will be um, the next challenge for us. Well, mate, I know you you spent a bit of time over in Australia. You enjoy being back in New Zealand. How are you find being home? Mate, this isn't really home. Um, this is. Uh, I'm not from here. But it's, you um, can call it home now, bro. You're living here. You yeah, this is home. this is home. Come on, Dan. You just embrace it. Don't don't fight, mate. Don't struggle. Otherwise, you're going to lose uh, some supporters look, if you don't call it home. <laughs> no, it's certainly it's certainly become home. Uh, look, I I'm married a Kiwi, so I'm married an Aucklander, and then so for the last four or five years, it's become home. And yeah, yeah I do I do really love it here. I, you know, when you live in Sydney for long enough, you realise that mm. Auckland's actually a really nice place. It's um, yeah, and the people here are really kind. So, although I wasn't from here initially, I do think I probably suit New Zealand a bit more than Australia. They're just slightly nicer, I think, the people. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's so rather the rest of the country might think Auckland's a big bad city. It's uh, for a foreigner to come here. It's actually pretty nice. That's that's it. Lovely words to end on. But because you are so worldly, mate, as we've just heard, look, this is a bit off the cuff, so I don't expect a, a super well-thought-out answer. But overnight, there's been news through of a rugby competition called World 12s. And essentially, it's that they're branding it as the IPL of rugby, and it's going to be in the UK over a month each year, 12 aside. So as a 15s coach, but as someone who, like, you know, you love innovating and, and the gameplay and the style of rugby, are you, are you all for expanding and trialling these different formats to ultimately grow the game? Oh, look, I think anything that creates a bit of interest is is good for the game. But I think the other on the the other side of it, we get so much criticism in our game because we're always chopping and changing. We're changing rules. We change, you know, for the for the average punter, they do not like, you know, particularly in countries like Australia where they they're not full rugby code heads. They don't quite know what's going on, and so when we continually change our game, I don't think that necessarily helps us. Uh, look, I get why they're doing it. They always, there's always someone out there, probably to make a buck, but they also <laughs> do it to, you know, Steve Anson's face, the face of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I better watch what I say then. But um, yeah. yeah, look, it's it's it's. I, I'm always worried when we go changing our game too much. I think your game's a great game, so the more we can simplify it and and leave it alone, mm. then probably the better for me. Ah, awesome. Nice. Really? Nice. Well, thanks very much, Dan. Uh, hopefully uh, you get your season back under the way very, very shortly. And the North Harbour lads, one from one, 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 one loss so far. So if you can get the season back on the track. And, uh, yeah, mate. We're, um, look, we're hoping the Magpies can hold on to that shield. We've got them at the end of the season. So what are the chances of that, is he? you got no chance of beating them at home, mate. You know the fortress. you got no chance. McLean Park, <laughs> man. You've been there. You've felt the wrath. Don't, no chance. <laughs> oh, great to talk, man. Good to have a chat. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Dan Halangahu out of North Harbour. Thanks very much for joining us, brother. Have a great day. Cheers, Phil.
one of the simple pleasures in life. A round of golf with your friends in the calming outdoors, playing one of the most frustrating sports in the world. While for a lot of the country, that luxury has been restored with Level 2 today. Just not Auckland. And with me and my broken ankle, I surely won't be hitting the golf courses. But hey, Dean Murphy is the CEO the big wig at Golf New Zealand, and he is with us now. Good morning, Dino. Morning, Mr. Dagger. How are you, sir? I am very well. Dino, how are you? Mate, I'm okay. I'm in Auckland, though, so uh, very <laughs> envious of all the people around the country bashing up the fairways today. But no, I'll just sit here and enjoy the rain, mate. I know New Zealand golf uh, offices are situated in Remura. Is that torture for you, or are you working from home, are you? Oh, mate, what's well, more torture? I've got a five and a two-year-old, and I'm stuck at home <laughs> while I should be sitting <laughs> in the looking at the lovely greens. But, you know, life is what it is right now, isn't it? So I'm about to drop my kids off to daycare in about an hour's fifth, hour, 15 minutes. Um, you jealous? Yeah, I mean, yeah. whoever thought you'd be an essential worker, eh? <laughs> You're a champion, mate. No, let's talk to us. What, what's what's the process been like over this last um, couple of weeks um, with the lockdown? I know last year there was a lot of learnings. Have has the conversations been with with yourself through the government back to the to the golf clubs? Have those conversations been great? Yeah, man, they have been good this time around. I think everyone everyone kind of knew the drill. You know, it all everyone slid back into. I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a nice feeling, but it was kind of familiar that um, you know we knew what level four meant, and here yeah, we could do some course maintenance, but no golf. We knew what level three was—that solo golf or in your own household or whatever—and you know, level two today is is um, there's a few changes from last time around, and the government's been working through that, and yeah, uh, you know, a few changes, but it, nothing major for golf. I mean, golf relatively normal compared to most other things right now. We can get out there and play and. Only real change this time around is just 50 people inside the clubhouse at once, which um, mm. which is yeah. manageable. It's not great, but it's you know we're probably lucky we can get out and play golf at this time. It's pretty much as it, as it was, and mate, people are feverish for it. The um, when even level three when we opened the booking sheets for all the clubs that could open for you know solo <laughs> golf or family golf, they went crazy, and it's yeah. exactly the same today. Everyone's feverish to get out there. Funny enough, the weather's rubbish now, of course, around the country, and it has been great the last couple of weeks, which is a bit annoying. But, mate, the <laughs> T-sheets are pumped, and um, everyone's ready to go. Dean, last time uh, you saw a massive surge in numbers and people picking up their clubs and their memberships, probably because of a bit of cabin fever, right? You get stuck inside, you think of all the things you used to do. How do you escape the kids for four hours? Oh, well, golf was a good way to do that. Do you expect a similar thing? Or, or have a lot of those people that got those memberships last time kind of kept them, and you think that's probably the market that um, you would have seen this time around? It's a good crystal ball question. We, we got really surprised out the back of last year that, I mean, golf usually does quite well out at the back of um, adversity, whether it be pandemic or, you know, the GFC or, or you know, even in Christchurch earthquakes, that kind of stuff. Out of adversity, golf and sport generally does quite well, but no one really saw it being quite as big as what it was. And give you some idea, the number of rounds being played right now compared to pre-pandemic are about 25% up on what they were before that. 
uh, and the number of memberships in the country are around 15% up. So some quite massive jumps, you know, and, and some of that you can get, you know, Kiwis aren't travelling and a few people, more, you know, more New Zealanders move back home, but um, the, the scale of the growth, we I think caught everyone by surprise and pleasantly by surprise, you know, golf is, is fizzing right now, it's really thriving in the country and we kind of hope that continues. We've certainly seen heaps of interest in golf this time around. I mean, membership's actually grown during the last uh, four weeks. So normally you'd expect lockdown to peg that back a bit, and to come, but it's actually grown during the lockdown. So that's a good sign. And yeah, hopefully we keep this current momentum going. As you, you know, and Izzy's been a big part of it actually. You know, changing the way people think about golf and helping. You know, people see golf as something that's, uh, you know, um, a sport for, for the next generation is, uh, is something we've been spending a lot of time on and we're certainly seeing that come to fruition now. There's tons of new people playing golf, lots of younger people playing golf and let's hope out the back of this this little pandemic break that we uh, we do just as well as last time. Yeah, mate, I've loved what you've, you've about with, with New Zealand Golf, bringing out the Love Golf campaigns. Uh, making golf exciting for the younger generation who just spoke about it. Is there any other campaigns coming up that we can look for or anything else that New Zealand Golf is looking to for the future to maybe, you know, excite the next generation a, a lot more? Yeah, it was, it, um, it's a constant work on for us around you know, new people playing. Um, so we're going to do a bit of work around getting adults that haven't really considered golf before to give it a crack. Um, that's something new for us. We're going to have a, have a turn at spending a lot of time on women and girls. We've got a huge opportunity there. There's only about 25% of the golfers in New Zealand are female, so a big opportunity there to catch up with the population. Um, but the one we're, we're really keen on is is young people, and um, we've got a new, a new campaign we've been working on for a year or two, and it's really starting to see some growth. We've got about 48% growth the last couple of years in young people playing, and we just want to keep that going through this, this new futures program we've got. So well, there's tons to work on, man. Um, our, our whole day is spent trying to get people to fall in love with the game so that they get addicted to it for their life. You know, that, that's, the, that's our mission in life, and we're going to keep going hard with that. Hey Dean, where are we? At? And that's that's a really great mission, I think. And that's a, I think everyone can feel really inspired by that because golf is a, a great. It's a, well, it's an awesome sport, and I don't think anyone would ever say that going outside and spending time outside honing a craft is a bad thing. So for mental health and for all of the other things, I don't know as he's passionate about. They're like they just it is a great. It's a great thing that you're doing, and I, I like that. That's where the focus is at. Just on your profession, well, not professional, but your competitions and the competitive mm. side of it. Where are we at with that? Is this lockdown going to impact that at all? Yeah, it's going to push a few things back. Um, we've got um, in New Zealand the, the Charles Tour. The um, is the is the thing that we're most focused on, and that's um, we do with our partners at Genian Homes, and we we do that through the back half of this year. We've got four events scheduled. They're going to have to push back a month probably, but we're going to try and get them all done um, November, December, and, and get those events sorted. New Zealand Open scheduled for February, and um, we're looking forward to that. We, we we fingers crossed we're kind of back in relative normality by then, and we can run that event and do all the good things that happen around that. Um, all the amateur events we've got scheduled, they uh, should run as planned. We've had to push a couple back um, from next month through until December. But, yeah, um, short answer is all the events we've got planned, we should see them go ahead. We'll just push back a little bit at this stage. Hey, I was actually going to ask you about the Pegasus Open down here. I was wondering if I could get on it, but now I'm no chance with a broken leg, so I won't even ask that question. That was a question I was going to ask you last week, but I can't ask you now. Well, you, anyway. 
you could do. It might be useful. You might contribute more points in your current state than you have in the past. So um, you know, <laughs> leave, leave your phone on. <laughs> Don't you start, Dino. You know I had it long, mate. I had a very long. No, no. Um, I'll ask you about Lydia Co, mate. Um, over there, do you still have that connection with Lydia? Does she still have a big connection with New Zealand and New Zealand golf? Yes, she does. She's um, she keeps in touch regularly. Our team spent a lot of time with her still, and um, it's nice. uh, how cool was it? It was awesome watching her. Uh, play in Tokyo and you know we always love watching her play anyway you know she's a special human and you know great yeah. ambassador for New Zealand full stop for getting her sport and then uh, you know go and see her play uh, well in Tokyo and perform in a lovely manner you know I think everyone really enjoyed the way she went about competing that day and her sportsmanship was pretty awesome so really, really cool to see her playing well and you know she, what she got four or five six events to go for the back half of this year and she's right there in the mix for the for the race mm. so Fingers crossed a couple of good results and um, we should see her come out on top. So, yeah, really cool to see her playing so well and it's lovely she still keeps such a close connection with New Zealand. Awesome. Excellent stuff, Dean. Hey, thanks so much for your time. And, of course, we've got Ryan Fox who's uh, lining up over there at Wentworth as well in the BMW PGA Championship. So thanks for your time this morning, Dean. We'll catch up again, eh? Yes, Dino. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Oh. People are getting their clubs ready right now. They're polishing them around the country. Rusley, Paraparumu, Clyde, all around New Zealand. We've heard double eight, double three. Where are you looking to play today? Keep your messages coming in. Is he, are you just are you sitting there just kind of wanting to jump out of your cast? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually disgusted right now, mate. Looking outside, the sun's just broken through the clouds. Mate, it's a real golfer's day today. Not a breath of fresh air. Oh, just right up my alley to hit off hole 10 when there's water right left. It'll be just perfect. Straight down the middle at Clearwater number 10. If anyone knows Clearwater number 10, it's a hard hole to start. But today is a good day to play it. No win. <laughs> We're going to hear what else you're going to miss out on doing a level two with your cast or what you're looking forward to doing after this. It's Baz Nizzy for breakfast. That was Dean Murphy. Just coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Corey Jane. But before then, Trudy's news. Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett has been cleared. Oh, Common sense has prevailed. And, well, I know where Geordie Barrett actually got that little kick from because someone that trained it throughout his whole career is just about to join us on the phone, Corey Jane. Corey Jane is about to come on. Anyway, he was probably – here's an, he another original Bomb Squad member. He's another original Bomb Squad member, and it would be great to chat to him about his fascinating insights about what went on in that conversation. But reality is I don't even think CJ wants to talk about rugby. Let's be honest, mate. He's got so many stories. (laughs) He's got so many yarns. And I spoke to him yesterday. I said to him, I was like, mate, should we tell the people what they want to know? And the people want to know what went on in Takapuna before that (laughs) quarterfinal. Oh, the tell-all. Finally. So so I've, I've, I've... Preempted him. I'll say, mate, should we do it? Should we, should we come on and we'll just, we'll tell them, or should we save it for our book? What do you want to do? Should we, should we, you know, should we bring it out on SCNZ for yeah. breakfast? Should we tell the insights? Should we give them all the information? Should we give the people what they need? Corey Jane, booze binge drinking and <laughs> that, was the head, that was the headline. The oh, funny ass story. We wake up on Sunday. It's not funny. It was funny at the time, but it wasn't funny. But then we wake up and it's like Corey Jane booze binge. And he's like, Corey Jane, where's Israel? Where's Israel? He had the screen down the halfway down the article. It's here. And Izzy Dag was there too. <laughs> he was fuming. But anyway, my good mate's on the line. CJ, how are you, brother? 
says, Raul, can you stop making up lies about me, please? <laughs> what? what do you mean? That wasn't a lie. That was the truth. You know. Stop me. It was all you, not me. I wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie, mate. Don't lie. How you been, brother? No, I've been good. Actually, just uh, the lockdown's not too bad because I spend time with the family. So it's um, I hate homeschooling, but it hasn't been too bad. So I'm good. Nice, nice. And um, what about rugby wise? You, you having the, you having to head in? What, what's the what's the go there? We're at level two, so do you have to head into the to the franchise and, and get some rugby coaching back up and running? Uh, well, we were kind of on our off season anyway, so it was a lot of it was my team. Oh no, what is it called now? Bunnings um, yeah. going. So I was just looking at players, and we were supposed to go on the road show to different parts of our franchise. Um, so I think that will kick back off um, once we're all back into work. Um, but, yeah, it's not as hard as being in comp um, like the Bunnings guys there have got at the moment. Hey, Corey, there's a wee bit to wade through here. It's Louis. Um, thanks for coming on the show this morning. So we've got – we'll get to Geordie Barrett in a bit. But, look, I don't I don't know if you're a massive SCNZ podcast listener. You should be. But yesterday, I don't know if you heard, Izzy, Izzy told some – um, he said he used to room with you, <laughs> room with you a lot, and he told a he told a story on the podcast, which I still think is best if people just go to the podcast and listen to it. But um, is it? Do you guys make a habit out of throwing each other under the bus? And was it like that in the playing days as well? Um, yeah, he's a, well, like, we've roomed a lot of the times. Most of the time, um, the team manager uh, would just put us together, um, and if we weren't together, we'd swap and end up together. But um, yeah, he was a bad roomie. He was a bad roomie. He probably would have said stuff about me. And the only thing that really I was bad at is sometimes at night I'd occupy the bath if we had one because I liked them, and I was a little bit messy. And that was all of me. Israel had far more things wrong with him as a roomie. But um, I don't hear what the story of what he said, but it would have been and true And the Powerade bottle. <laughs> that might have been true. Not as bad as the story that, remember we were in... Uh, I won't go. I'll, I'll tell one story. We were at the... Uh, um, I've got him gone now. I've got him gone. You got me. You got me started. It's your fault now, so this is where it's going to go. But we were at the Heritage. I can't remember what team we were playing at the end of the week. We had training. Went to a pool session. <laughs> TJ was with us. Yeah, here it comes. TJ was with us. So we got back from the pool session, and Israel is well known for being smelly. No matter if he showers, whatever, he's just a smelly person. <laughs> And so I could see them, like him coming up with something, you know, stupid in his mind that he does. So I went and had a shower, and I came out, and they were giggling, you know, like little schoolgirls. And I was just like, "What have you done?" And I thought he had put like a smelly sock in my bed or something like that. And they wouldn't tell tell me. And then um, Izzy went to have a shower, and I said to TJ, "I said, what's he done?" And he goes, "Go look at your pillow." And I walked over my pillow, which are white. And I pick it up and I turn it around. It's got this big brown stain across the middle of it. He had wiped it on his bum, hoping that I wouldn't know and I'd go to bed and, and, and lie in it. So that's Israel bag for you. Oh, what an absolute lie, mate. <laughs> that is the absolute truth. So this is why yesterday we asked who should fill in when Izzy goes for surgery on his ankle and everyone was saying, Corey Jane, get Corey Jane on. And I think they just wanted all of the secrets about Izzy and Izzy was going bright red saying, anyone but CJ. So this is probably why. There's plenty of them, I tell you that, because he's just, oh. just a smelly roomie. <laughs>
Dios. Mate, I knew I should. There is an absolute lie. You wait till I write the book, man. I'm going to throw you right under Julian Salvia, the bus. Um, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on, mate. Like, what, what else? Are you you're back? You're on the coaching round now. You're, you're coaching the Hurricanes. Are you enjoying that role, brother? No, I do. I, I do enjoy it. I, uh, I Even when I played, like, I like to um, power, power and share um, knowledge. You know, some of us like the game a little bit more than you, Izzy. We just went um, uh, instinct player and just go out on the field and not listen to anything the coaches say all week and then just <laughs> catch the ball and do something good uh, like, like you did. Um, some of us actually liked the game and tried to learn it. Um, and so I, I, like, I like to give back when I played. So now, obviously, finishing rugby... Um, you know, obviously playing. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's the closest thing to being back out on the field as as coaching. A um, little bit more stressful uh, than it is playing because when you're yeah. playing, you you obviously got to look after yourself. And when you when you're coaching, you've got a whole squad there. You've got to try to uh, get on the same page and and help them grow as players and obviously try and win. So it's um, you know, a bit more stressful, but I enjoy it. I love it. Oh, we're talking to Corey Jane on the line. If you've got any questions for CJ, give us a text on double eight double three, and we'll make sure he gets to answer those. We've got a question here, Kevy. Uh, uh, CJ, it's, it's from Brett, and he says, ask CJ if he's got any tips or are we going to Bears for some good oil on the camels in UAE? Would love to know the growling they got from Kevy. So I'm, I'm assuming that's after the Takapuna, that growling we got on that team room when I when we got our heads ripped off. Yeah, it was... Um... It was it was a weird one, eh? Because obviously you weren't playing that game because you were injured or something, and I I had to, so all the pressure was on me. Um, and you let me know the last couple of days before that game too that you have to go out there and play good for us, man. I remember that. So um, I didn't get much sleep that last couple of nights before that game, and obviously I went out there and um, you know we, we played well and. No, it was outstanding, but um, <laughs> you know we. Uh, <laughs> in the, it wasn't too bad that game, but um, you know we were in the change rooms afterwards and just trying to. I don't think the telling off from the from the players was, uh, I think the the scary bit because we knew that they were all grumpy. Um, yeah. It was just us having to get up and apologise um, in front of them and and say that we're sorry and um, you know it was at a terrible time to do it obviously in the world cup and we hadn't won one for a long time so um you know it was a stupid mistake but hey it happened and we moved on from there and we did well and won it so yeah oh it's just a just a footnote really isn't it Corey? i mean it, it's an incredible one we're, we're in the 10 year anniversary is actually not far away i was trying to organize a live broadcast from the, the um the bar in takapuna for, to celebrate the day but auckland might still be in lockdown so we might miss that one hey the, the news has just come through that uh geordie barrett's not going to get stood down so he was up for four weeks or thereabouts what surprises you more that he was up for four weeks or that he's got off scot-free uh that he got a red card and all of the above because um, I didn't think it was warrant of it. I think, um, you know, when you're mm. a young kid, you're warranted of it or whatever, yeah, riddle me that. Um, mm. I think you're, you know, when you're a young kid, you're, you're taught that, you know, you're safe up in the air. Um, so to be confident to get up there, you've got to know that someone else is not going to hit you and you can fall dangerously. Um, unfortunately for him that he... He lost a little bit of balance when he went high, um, mm. and, and his leg came under and uh, and hit old mate in the face, uh, Corabetti. But I think 
you, you're taught to put your knee up to protect you anyway. And so yeah. what's going to happen now when somebody runs and takes a knee to the face because you're up there trying to be strong and trying to be safe and someone gets laid out. So I always tell people when I teach them high ball, I say, get square, get your knee high, and you want to hit that person that's coming at you so he doesn't come at you again. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's unfortunate that it happens, and it, and it does happen. Uh, just like sometimes guys take people out in the air and they don't mean to do it, but it's, mm. just, it's, it's part of the game. And I love the collision in the air. Um, so I didn't think it was deserved of a, of a red card, but yeah, it's rugby now. Oh, mate, you're a bloody champion at it, mate, leading the, the bomb squad back in the day. Um, I want to ask you about this current All Black squad at the moment and that performance on Sunday. What were your thoughts and what did you see in that game from, from, from the All Blacks in general? And what about the Wallabies too? Do you think they got any chance? You know, I think the hard thing for the Wallabies is that they just don't, you know, like you, you saw it in, in the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman that when they play off nine and they run hard and, you know, they can put teams under pressure and because they didn't have much line speed pressure in their competition, mm. they were able to throw the ball wide and um, and get loose with the ball. Where I think playing against New Zealand teams, we bring a bit more uh, b- bit more heat out wide and it's harder to throw the ball around because you mm. get caught behind the gain line and you're under pressure. But when they play off nine, they're actually quite physical. In the first test match, they were real good there. Yeah, but it's hard to continue to do that the whole game. You know, you got you're going to get beaten up, but I think that's where their strength lies. And I think the All Blacks were were outstanding, especially in this weekend. Defensively, they keep coming forward. They were putting double shoulders on. They were attacking the ball, and really frustrating the the Wallabies. And they got picked off a, a couple of times around the ruck. Mm. Um, Can I ask you about that? Which, I asked Potty the other day about that question. I know you're, you you're a defence coach. You know a lot more about it. What, what was happening there with Tate McDermott and Nick White getting big gains around that first, second defender? Well, I just think, you know, when they were able to get on the front foot and they, the Wallabies were able to carry hard and kind mm. of get behind um, the All Blacks, that's when the fold or guys trying to get around the position, um, you know, struggle to get around the ruck or you, you see them starting to get a little bit lateral because the pressure starts coming on. And yep. when they started doing that, the, the first defender off the the ruck, whether it was a forward or the halfback, started getting lateral. That's when their nine started, you know, dummying and starting to go through those holes and and kind of put them under the pressure. And obviously, they, they'll know more than that because, you know, they coach them and that's their team. But they started picking them a little bit there. But I thought the All Blacks were brilliant. I thought Haveli is outstanding at 12 and Pakea yeah. was, was dominant. And, you know, you just got... All black guys across the park that are not only being physical, but uh, their skill set has been been pretty bloody good too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward against Argentina and South Africa, who don't play as much but are very physical. So that'll test them. Now, what about the current outside backs at the moment? Rico's gone from centre to wing. For me, I feel like wing's probably his position at the moment. But outside backs, have you been impressed? Jordy coming into fullback, replacing DMAC. Uh, Rico on the left, uh, Will Jordan on the right. You've been pretty happy with those combinations. Well, I think it's good. It's um, you know, there's a lot of guys that well, there's not many that you can say are not playing good and putting their hand up. So yeah, um, I, I like Rico on the left. I just think yeah. a bit more time and space with the ball. Um, he just seems to make right decisions out there, and and he's dangerous. And 
I like Will Jordan on the on the right wing. Um, yeah. I just think his ability to to score tries, his speed, um, his skill set is probably better suited out there. Um, and then you've got the challenge at fullback because mm. DMAC, as, as you see, with um, you know with the with the Chiefs, he kind of creates everything for them. And sometimes it's just off the cuff. I mean, my step back towards the ruck and find somebody not, you know, falling asleep and he'll run through those holes and it hasn't quite worked too much this year for the All Blacks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then you had Geordie for the first, um, what is it, 20-odd minutes before he kicked that, kicked um, Kodabiti <laughs> in the face. You know, actually, yeah. he, he wasn't doing too bad. So um, mm. he's more of a penetrating fullback. Um, so, mate, it's... Uh, They've got their challenges because they know mm. that you know when you get to that level, you've, you've got to play well every game because, and you've got to train well, because you know the guy standing next to you, he wants that spot too. So it's it's unlike back in your days when you know you had a hundred test all black in front of your mills, and um, he knew that you were going to go um, and take his spot because mm. you had already signed the contract with New Zealand that allowed you to do that when you said that you wanted to take it. So. Um, it's different from back in your days to what it is now, but you know, that is what it is. Yeah, mate. The competition is very, very healthy. Hey, lovely. That was our McCafe coffee catch-up with Corey J, mate. Uh, appreciate your time, CJ. Next time, bring some absolute yarns because that's what they want, brother. They want CJ when I rang you yesterday. Not not this, you know, quiet CJ didn't want to ruin his coaching career. <laughs> I don't want to take your job, mate. That's the problem. Yeah, and I'm well, quite, we I'm quite happy we don't go to the we're not going to the BSA <laughs> tribunal. So I, I think I think CJ's kind of been right in the middle here. I think he's been great personally. <laughs> no, you've been great. You've been great, Siege. Really good to chat, chat to you, brother, and really appreciate your time. Take care, mate. Who is, man? Bye, There you go, Louie. I don't careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for, is he? Oh, I love it, man. Share stories. That's what it's about. You wait till I write the book, then we'll get some stories. Oh, yeah, good. No, that's fantastic. So, um, for anyone that kind of wasn't too sure what we're talking about there, I think everyone remembers. But the 2011 World Cup, Izzy and, and Corey Jane, a little bit of a, a night out in the town, and they both came back and redeemed themselves. Obviously, we won the World Cup, and the rest of history. It's a bit of a movie, really. So, just fantastic to hear Corey still having a laugh about it, and you guys obviously get on so well is yeah he's a good man he's a good man i got a lot of time for cj we, we played most of our career on um you know throughout the all blacks together we roomed together and obviously he shared a wee insight story that was a wow it was a lie mate there was a lot that's disgusting behavior trudy i would never ever do that don't ever no. ever think i would do that that's a lie i just um googled the um, I just put Corey Jane Elephant Wrestler into Google, and I've read the whole story. I've been listening to you guys. Oh, You're lies. just rat bags, bloody little rat bags. Luckily, luckily, you redeemed yourselves. All like, I can say. There's a great, there's a great text Ten here. Years ago. The only bomb squad those two ran was the Jaeger one. <laughs> <laughs> double eight, double three. There's another awesome text there. Daisy's but... a star, is all I can oh. say. Yes, She's that's a right. Lemon star. Uh, Goose, we're going to get to your text on what uh, uh, Izzy thinks about Will Jordan very shortly but it is Baz and Izzy for breakfast for Kimmer's Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.